0: Welcome to this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Now, this is a unique podcast that drops almost every week. Uh, we are also the, the co-host of the Rick and Bubba show that's a full-blown, I mean, it's talking about, it's when we're let out of the cage and it's, it is five hours of, of, of radio extravaganza uh, you can hear us all over the country by going to Rick and Bubba. Spell out the word and dot com. If this is your first step into Rick and Bubba world through this podcast, and Bubba, today it is Rick and Bubba behind the music. Rick, we have one of the most talented
1: guests we've ever had at Rick and Bubba University, an old friend, the pride of Geraldine, Alabama. You name it, he's played it. Damon Johnson. Damon
0: Johnson, welcome <laughs> to Rick and Bubba
1: University,
2: <laughs> fellas. What what a stupendous introduction, man! I, I can I don't think that's ever been topped. So
0: thank you very much. I don't even know what to say to you other than I have an axe. I will play. Yeah. You know. I mean, you you have, have axe. Will travel. I have axe. Will travel. Yeah. I mean, you've done original bands, uh, some really really good ones. You you play acoustic shows. You've got you've got the Damon Johnson World. You have been a hired gun for some of the biggest names ever, ever, ever. in music. I mean, Van Halen, Aerosmith, Robert Plant, Steven Tyler, Sammy Hagar, <laughs> Alice Cooper, Thin Lizzy, Black Star Riders. It sounds we
1: like we're talking about the Hall of Fame, but no, we're talking about Damon Johnson. And now, and now,
0: and now, you've been hired, you know, by 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 Skinner. Now, when you had the run with Damn Yankees did that never happen? You guys were rehearsing, but didn't something fall apart that your run with them somehow was was stopped?
2: Well, I would let the damn Yankees was a moment like fifteen minutes, Rick. Yeah, Uh, (laughs) I stepped in to to basically take Tommy Shaw's place because Tommy had just acquired the rights to the name Sticks. Oh boy, Mm -hmm. Dennis DeYoung was out of the band, so he needed to press the gas on that there. A&R man was the famous John Cullodner. Oh, yeah. And Cullodner had kept, he was a fan of my music. Uh, I had sent him some songs randomly. He called me the next week and he had Jack Blades in his office. And they said, hey, man, would you come out and jam with us for this damn Yankees record? And what started is us just maybe co-writing a couple songs turned into them asking me to join the band. And... It lasted about three months. We made a record, most of a record. And, you know, it needed some more material, and then we just ran out of time. Before you knew it, you know, Jack had to get back on the road with Night Ranger. Nugent had dates. Michael Cardalone had to go back to Leonard Skinner, ironically, some foreshadowing there. Oh, yes. (laughs) Uh, So, you know, it was just one of those things. But, you know, guys, when when you read off those names on that resume, you know, that... That kid from Geraldine, Alabama, I still can't believe it sometimes, you know, uh, just being obsessed with music at a young age, you know, 13, 14 is when I started playing guitar and put my first garage band together. I mean, I had every album by all of those bands. And if you have said to me, you know, if if some wizard had it dropped out of the clouds and said, my son, one day you're going to play with Alice Cooper. You're going to be in Thin Lizzy. You're going to perform some shows with Leonard Skinner. It just it's it just it's not even it so <laughs> just doesn't happen.
1: It's still Crazy. surreal to you now when you get that call to to come and be in Leonard Skinner or to be in this project or that so it's still even now it's still surreal to you.
2: You know what? Honestly, Bubba, it is. I mean, it's always exciting. And I guess the thing that's different now at this point in my career is that it totally makes sense. You know, it's like for, for Ricky Medlock and Johnny Van Zant to be thinking, hey, we need somebody to come and step in for Gary Rossington. Who do we know? I know that for Ricky Medlock, I'm going to be one of three names that he's going to call first because we've known each other forever, and I've been doing this forever, you know? I, I'm as experienced and skilled at, at what I do as you two guys are at what you do.
1: Look, don't cut and yourself down Damon, like that, Damon. Damon, Damon come Damon. on,
0: take the standard up a little. Yeah. Come take on. the standard up. But, we but, don't want you beating Matt, yourself Matt, up here on this you're podcast. Right. But but thing you're-
2: that. You're right. Bad analogy. Right. How, but, uh, how, about, how about I compare it to Dale Earnhardt? There you there go, go. Dale, Dale Earnhardt.
0: You, yeah. You, you, yeah. Number th- get right. your threes that's up. That's a much higher standard. Get
1: your threes up. But, that's but, but, right. But, but
0: I, this, is that's the th- right. this is the thing that I can't get out of my mind, and you just touched on it. And we think about this. You know, we grew up as little boys. You know, I, I did for sure, and you did too, Bubba, wanting to be on the radio. I mean, I, I thought about it. Of course, I also you know, wanted to be in a – there was three things I was interested in, and that's it. I was not well-rounded. I was interested in football being in a rock band and being on the radio, nothing else. And and really nothing, you know, I dabbled in all of it. And, and of course, the radio thing, uh, by, by the grace of God, has has been something I've been able to live out, and I think about it on some of those days I don't want to get up. You're welcome, right? But, but, but thank you. But the the things, that, yeah, I mean, if, if you had been in one of my early bands, I might have made that. But anyway, so, you know, Damon and I were out there hitting the circuit, and I was like, Damon, look over here. Look over here. <laughs> Look. Just, just throw Throw me a rope. But anyway, <laughs> so – but I keep going back to the little boy in Geraldine because Ricky Medlock, I know he had a history with Leonard Skinner, but I didn't know about it as a kid. He was Blackfoot. He was trained. Right. He was trained, yes. trained. He was highway yes. song, okay? Yes. And, and yes. And so to know that – I mean, I remember when Q104, the first station Bubba and I ever right. worked for, announced that at Murphy Stadium – in Gadsden, Alabama, that Blackfoot. Mm-hmm. You remember this? Of course. It was, it was, it was I remember good, the promo. I remember yeah, yeah. the promo. Yeah, I think they were with uh little Louisiana's LaRue. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and I forget who the other band was. Oh, it was Mother's Finest. It That's was Blackfoot, right. Mother's Finest, and Louisiana's Larue, LaRue, or whatever it was New called. All yeah. And I remember th- and, and for, on that day, if somebody had walked in and said, Oh, by the way, Ricky Medlock's gonna have your cell phone. I mean, you'd have been like, you'd have been like, what? <laughs> what? What? Because,
1: Damon, you're the same age we are, right? You're a 64 guy, right? Yep. 1964.
2: That was a good year. And uh, how about all yeah, of us man. were born
1: that year? Is that not fun? Oh, to
2: y'all? Well, you, you know what's crazy, guys? I remember that concert. I didn't get to go because I was just, you know, my parents hadn't quite. Oh, yeah. Open, open that door yet <laughs> for me to be gone. Yeah. But I did see Blackfoot open for Molly
0: Hatchet. Let's go.
2: At Boutwell Auditorium in yeah. Birmingham, in yeah. uh, I guess that was 1980. Yeah. So you know, it's just again, fellas, it's it's really indescribable. Um, you'll you'll appreciate this story uh, because my my friends and family have been asking in recent weeks. They're like, well, how did you know? How did you get that call about Leonard Skinner? I had just just gone for a walk with my wife. I came back to the house. Got a text from Ricky Medlock. It said, Call me right now.
0: <laughs> see, that's what I'm talking <laughs> about. I mean Murphy <laughs> Stadium. I mean Murphy <laughs> Stadium, the Bible auditorium. Somebody said, by the way, see the guy out there right at the train. He, he's gonna be calling, he's gonna text We wouldn't even know what he the text said, was. He's gonna do what No, he didn't. Yeah. He
2: said, Call me right now. So I called him. I said, Hey man, what's up? He said, Damon, hang on a minute. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get Van Zant on the phone and I'm gonna we're gonna do a three-way call. Well, in my mind, right then, fellas. I knew something was up. Like, right. that's mm-hmm. all I needed to know. Like, all right, I'm about to be on the phone with Ricky Medlock and Johnny Van Zandt at the same time. Something is happening.
1: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so, something is going yeah. down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and, then, so,
0: and then you're playing – I mean, because we all grew up in Alabama, you have to understand, To Skynyrd was something you would think, well, you know, Skynyrd the, – the, I can't imagine you walking out there – they were like the official band of our national anthem. That's right. Did growing you, up, did you even <laughs> did, did you? I know you have to rehearse, but but this is a tour already underway. And those of you that don't know, Gary Rosington uh, had to deal with, into the COVID protocol. And yeah. is he doing okay?
2: Yeah, let me clarify that, guys. Yeah, Gary Gary Rosington had a heart procedure.
0: Okay, he bas-
2: he basically had a heart attack right. and had to go in for heart surgery, and then. You know the band had all these tour dates booked, and after being off the road for a year and a half, you know having forty people on the payroll, you know Gary gave everybody their blessing to go ahead and and play these shows. Okay, and,
1: right, right.
2: You know so the fans could see the band,
1: and it and takes so the, a little time to recover from that.
2: Yeah. Oh my goodness, yes. Yeah. So, we rehearsed. Uh, I did two shows, and then Ricky Medlock got COVID. Okay. Ricky got COVID, and then uh, then we had to cancel five or six shows while he recovered. Ricky's doing fantastic, okay, and uh, and everything is you know everything is back. So, you know, Gary's recovering and getting healthier and stronger, and you know he's hopefully man he's going to be back any day now. Oh, that's a good clarification. Are you, you
1: going to be like the the fifth man or the sixth guy off the bench for whoever's got COVID? When yeah, they rotate out.
2: Kind of the you'll love this. My dad my dad had a great description. He said, son, Skinner is like the Braves in the in the World Series. The second baseman went down. So they had to go down to minor leagues and call up one of their star players. It's been in the gym. He's got good <laughs> numbers. He's yep. got good stats that can step in and play second base so we can win win the World Series. Hold said, the dad, line. I, Hold the I'm, line. Yeah. I'm backing that. That's
0: that, a good. That's, that's right. That's a, good <laughs> that's, a, so you, that's a great position to be in. So you're filling in for Rosington while he recovers from his heart procedure. Medlock calls calls some of the shows to be canceled because he tested positive, but now he's fine. So your gig, yes. your gig won't end until Gary thinks he can come back and play.
2: Yeah, you know, and I've been I've been communicating with Gary. You know, man, Gary G- Gary's a hero of mine, oh, yeah. no question about it. He remembers Brother Kane supporting. Skinner back in the early 90s we did about 20 something shows with them so you know he had some awareness of who I was and you know man he's so gracious and he just he's like man thank you for for filling in for me and I'm feeling better and I want to come back as soon as I can but you know he needs to do what's best for him and his family certainly for his health and uh, you know it's not it's not a perfect scenario it's a very unique situation and I'm just committed to to being respectful in every capacity, and man playing those songs as note for note the way Gary does, and you know the music deserves that, the fans deserve that, and uh, it's it's just been incredible, fellas. Yeah, it's well, been incredible. And if
0: you know the history of Skinner, what you do, and uh, Greg and I were talking about this before, they I'm talking about back to the original lineup before the plane crash, all that. They were sticklers that if you came to hear them in concert. The, the guitar runs would be played exactly the way they were played when you, when you heard them on the albums that you had on the record. And, yeah. and so when you step into that role, they already had a commitment, no matter who's in the band, we're going to play it the way that the fans expect it to be played. So there's no Damon doing his own thing. And let me try a little something here. You know, there's a commitment that if you come to hear this catalog, it's going to be played the way you remember it.
2: That's well said, Rick. Um, uh, you know, Skinner was very much like the Beatles in that way. They spent a lot of time in rehearsal working out the parts and when to play, when to lay out, you know, background vocals, you know, double guitar solos, all kinds of stuff, man. And to your point, yes, every performance they've ever done, they've replicated that. So as a fan myself, I knew that that's what they were going to want me to do. That's what I, I like to hear when I go see Skinner. It was the same in Thin Lizzie when I joined Thin Lizzy, uh, you know, Scott Gorham said, he goes, hey, man, you don't have to play it note for note. I want you to just be Damon Johnson. And I said, Scott, respectfully, I'm going to learn those solos like Brian Robertson played them and like like Gary Moore played them because that's what I want to hear if I go see Thin Lizzy. So that really was a great kind of, um, I guess, setup for me to have an opportunity like this now with Skinner.
0: We'll come back, Damon Johnson. There's so much to unpack. No, we, we don't I have, have some equations. We don't have a podcast big <laughs> enough, but we'll try. When Rick and Bubba <laughs> University, the podcast continues. All right, so we, we talk about all these things that we, we learned growing up, and one of the things that we all, let's just be honest, when we were growing up, we heard when we got old enough to get car insurance or it, when we got old enough to get married or maybe get our own place, we didn't know about getting homeowner's insurance and car insurance. What we normally did, we just went to the same a company that mom and daddy used and we were probably handed off to mom and daddy's agent's son. And then, and then you just keep on going. And you know, that's fine if it's working well, but I want to introduce something uh, to the audience called Gabby G A B I it stands for get a better insurance. This doesn't cost you anything, but it is worth your while. Trust me. It's worth it. We, we, we found out the savings uh, that, that are coming in right now by just simply using this service. And here's how it works. It doesn't cost you anything. You go to, to Gabby.com slash rickbubba. It's totally free. G-A-B-I.com slash rickbubba. Now enter a little bit of information about your automobile and your homeowner's insurance. Then Gabby will pull up 40 other insurance companies and all the big names are, are represented there. You'll see progressive and you'll 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 see all the ones that you're you're familiar with, nationwide travelers. They're all there. And then you get a true side-by-side comparison of what they would charge you for the exact same coverage. The, the folks that, that are regulars on Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, are saving an average of $80 a month by doing this. They were overpaying for the same coverage by as much as $80 a month, and some people are saving even more. So go to gabi.com slash rickbubba right now. That's gabby.com slash rickbubba. Damon Johnson, the guest on this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, so we've, we've kind of covered the Skinnerd gig. You're, you're doing that right now, but you're also, as you have been known to do, always working on your own projects. Now, we, we have been with, with you through some, I mean, some fantastic – now, I go all the way back to Witness, but we don't have time for that today. Okay? That, that's back in the clubs. That's when we were all playing and, and out there. I, by the way, I thought that was a fantastic band. And, uh, it, and, it
2: and, was a great band. Yeah.
0: So, and then you were with split the dark, uh, you know, with Mark Phillips, who unfortunately the uh, pandemic uh, has taken his life. Uh, uh but you, you played uh, for a stint in split the dark. Uh, and then from there, the next thing, I know there's more, I don't have time for all of it, but the next thing we remember from there is brother Kane, which, uh, yeah, man. That, which that was an incredibly <clears throat> successful project. You guys were at the top of the rock charts had had, uh, had outstanding success. Um, take the audience through the, the, the part of your history of Brother Kane.
2: Thank you, Rick. Yeah, there's no question that Brother Kane was the event that changed my life. You know, if it weren't for Brother Kane, none of this other stuff that has come afterwards would have ever happened. Um, yes, Brother Kane uh, was me and three of my buddies from Birmingham. Uh, we got signed to Virgin Records. We recorded our album in 92. And in the summer of 93, our first single was a song called Got No Shame that you guys know very well. We, we use,
1: it. use it as theme music for evil dictators. We do.
2: Love love you. Love you. Love that. Um, got No Shame was the number one rock track in the country that summer for a week. And we were on tour with Leonard Skinner. shortly after that. We went out with Robert Plant. We went out with Aerosmith. We did two more records. Each of those records yielded another number one hit at radio, more touring. And, you know, man, I just really started to develop as a a songwriter, whereas all those years previous, it was more just about my guitar playing. So I kind of took on a second skill at that point. And, you know, that band just ran out of gas, fellas. There were so many changes at our record company. There were changes in rock music. You know, we just didn't really have a uh, home anymore at radio that just wasn't a place for the kind of because we were just a straight ahead kind of like a classic rock band for the most part you know so um yeah man brother kane i keep in touch with all those guys uh i love them like family and um you know we really went through a unique experience together we felt like we kind of got shot out of a cannon and you know it had great great highs and really deep lows and you know, I'm just proud that everybody survived it and it uh, came out the other so, side. So, what and I don't want to get too
0: technical, but again, we could do a three hour podcast because Bubba and I have such great interest in music and, and know you. But can I just add, and you can answer this quickly, and then I'm going to ask you a question about some Rick and Bubba history, and you can tell me if I can say it or not. But anyway, because I don't know if I can, but anyway, the, uh, I and mean, you can just say no. I, but, yeah. but anyway, so the Brother Kane catalog. Where is it now? Can can you still get it on all the streaming stuff? Uh, oh yeah, do you still get a monthly check from that. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what oh, Rick's asking. Yeah. So if you're a songwriter, <laughs> I know that. Did you? Do y'all have the publishing rights to all that?
2: Well, yeah. I mean, you know, as as songwriters, everybody, you know, participated in that if if they were a writer or co writer on the song. I mean, obviously, Brother Kane is not a staple on radio
1: anymore. Right. But except we, here. We, on our show thank you yeah. <laughs> all the time bless it you. bless your heart Bubba. <laughs> uh,
2: but you know like every other band man you know you our music now for all of us we live on the streaming sites and yeah uh, look i'm a fan of streaming we can sit here and argue about how little money it generates for the artist etc cetera, etc cetera. it
0: does make it tough there we talk about that on the show all the time you you got to get on the road now. It, it, it used to be you went on the road to get people to buy the record because that's where your money was coming. Now you put out a record so people will go see you on the road.
2: 100%, guys. And that's another reason why coming out of the pandemic, you know, we're all just so ready yeah. to find a way to safely perform, keep our keep our touring party safe, keep our fans safe, and, and you know, so far, man, things are moving in a, in a good direction with that. But, yeah, man, all three Brother Kane albums are on every streaming site, Spotify, okay. Apple it's Music, Rhapsody, on and on. Uh, Damon,
1: I, let, me, let me ask before you move off of that, because we've had this discussion before, and Rick and I have kind of wrestled with this just in our conversations. What streaming to me is a delivery system. Okay, it's uh, we we went from physically buying a record to, hey, it just appears on my audio device. Why is it that the financial part of that changed so much? Why Why don't the songwriters and and performers make the kind of money they used to make from record sales as as they used to? How how did that change? Can you break that apart for us a little bit?
2: yeah to tell you the truth bubba they're still making money you know if you have a hit in the new business model that 2021 is that means you're getting millions of streams you're still having that song played on the radio it's showing up in some film and television sync you know spots right you you can still do really well with it the bigger the bigger truth that a lot of people in my genre don't like to talk about, is rock and roll just is not the cultural influence that it used to be. And it's and it's probably never gonna be again in our lifetime. So, you know, there, there, there's not a rock 99 in Birmingham anymore that's playing the new record by Candlebox or the new music from Kenny Wayne Shepherd or Brother Kane or whoever. Those stations don't exist anymore, those outlets don't exist. Um, you know. The, the key for a guy like me as an independent artist now, guys, is content. If you go, yeah, you, you know, my new my new record is with my band. Uh, yeah. I gave my band a name, by the way, uh, the Get Ready, well, Damon Johnson and the, and the Get Ready. I love that. Thank you, man. So that's a separate profile on all the streams, streaming sites. But if you just go to Damon Johnson, you'll see, guys, I've got like six albums I've put out, seven albums. Well, over time, as my fans, you know, revisit those records and you know turn their friends onto it or i make new fans i hey who is this guy filling in for gary rossington oh damon johnson let me go check out his music anything you can do to stay active is just going to bring more attention to your music more ears to it on the streaming sites um you know it just is what it is and i don't i don't feel slighted i, I haven't invested the time to really complain about it like a lot of other musicians have and yeah. it's just the changing times
0: fellas and you have you know? to adapt you have to adapt it's, to it. Yeah,
2: it's, it's just David, like when people used you realize to warm
0: you, the- Yeah, you're on a podcast right now. We know about adapting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, know. you know, <laughs> I mean, we're doing a podcast right now. Totally. And yeah. hey
2: man, you know, it's like, it's adapt, like back, or when,
0: yeah. it's back in
2: the early 20th century, man, when uh, people used to warm their homes with quail blubber, and then somebody invented kerosene. Mm-hmm. Dude, the well blubber guys were out of business.
0: Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> so, like horseshoe. Well, I remember uh, Bubba, right. Bubba made the statement. You know, when we first got into syndication, and of course, that's different now. You we we you really can be what if you have content, it can go anywhere. But mm-hmm. in the in the terrestrial world, syndication involves satellites and being on multiple stations, and we're still doing that. But I remember the statement that Bubba made, and he was one hundred percent right. And you just said it: we better get in the syndication business, or we're going to get replaced by it. That's so, right. So, so you have to adapt to to what your industry is now doing. That was one of my better quotes. It was a me. good one. It yeah. was a great one. So. And I probably, I probably cleaned it up, and not cleaned up like language, but I probably organized it a little yeah. straightforward. Yeah, I probably stumbled through know. it. And, and really
2: good. Couldn't spit really syndication good, out or something like that.
1: But, but Damon, let me ask you just as a as a model, just yeah. so people can understand it. And and I'm a non musical person, so you have to put it just, you know, really simple terms. And we're not asking to get into your business on this, but let's say that uh that whoever, let's say Rick Burgess puts out a number one hit on the radio, what is that worth to Rick Burgess nowadays? What will he make off that?
2: Oh, he'll make he'll make a lot of money. Listen, man, if you have a number one hit at pop radio, that's that the key though. That's
1: well, the key pop radio. But it's, what, it's, what are we talking? Radio. Damon, give me a real number on that. What does that look like?
2: Well, what that looks like is that song is getting tens maybe hundreds of millions of streams on spotify and apple music it's getting millions of views on youtube it is getting radio airplay listen man if i miss anything from back in the day guys i missed that radio airplay right that's you know when fools shine on when and fools shine on and i lie in the bed i make where hits on the radio man those were some. That was pretty good mailbox money right there. Well, so know? what?
1: What is it? What is the number? Give me some of the mail. Like, is that a million dollars, Damon? So, so it, a number one hit. Rick has one number one hit, and it goes to the charts, and it's number one for four weeks. And Casey Kasem talked about it, or whoever's doing his show now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the modern version of that.
0: What is that worth? So what, number number one. If I just performed it, that's one figure. If I wrote it and perform it, that's a different figure.
2: Correct. Yeah, if you were number one at pop radio back then, and you had like a co-publishing deal, you could still make a million bucks easy on that song again because it's on hundreds of stations. Right. It's getting played forty times a week on yeah. each of those stations. So now, God, modern
0: day. So modern day, same scenario. Modern day, I'm streaming. Does not count that I'm on the road. Just what I would make from streaming and radio play.
2: I I believe that it's a similar dollar figure at pop radio. Again, there's no rock platform anymore, I you know. There, so there's-, there's so few rock and roll stations yeah. that, you know, the Foo Fighters have hits there, Shine Down, uh, I don't even know who's on rock radio anymore, guys. I don't I don't I don't really listen to it, right. but I just know some of those bands do really well, but they have that infrastructure underneath. They got a big label working mm. it at the you know, they're working it on Facebook and working it on Instagram. Mm-hmm. You know that requires a team. uh, You know, a lot of investment. You don't a lot make of as yeah.
0: You don't make as much like you did with a record sale or a CD per item, but you have the ability to have so many more items. There's a lot more downloads than there were record sales. You don't get as much money per download, but but if you get enough of them, you can still get back to that same figure. Is that accurate? You can still.
2: You can still do pretty close to it, guys. Like you said earlier, Rick, the key now is going on the road. Listen, my 13 year old daughter, Jolene, is the single biggest Harry Styles fan on the planet. (laughs) Right. Dude, Harry Styles is hauling money around in wheelbarrows because he's a solo artist. He sells out everywhere he plays, he sells out every stitch of merch that's hanging up at
0: the merch table.
2: You know, if um, if you're a young pop artist and, and doing okay now in 2021, you're killing it. You're we'll, killing it.
0: We'll come back more with Damon Johnson when Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, continues. All right, so let's talk a little bit. Of, we just talked about streaming. One thing that we know is that uh, your activity online, unless you're protected, is being monitored. It is being monetized. Uh, but you can go back to being invisible online with ExpressVPN. Uh, ExpressVPN will will keep you from being tracked because let's, let's face it, whatever you're doing online, whatever you're uh, you know you're buying, you're, you're you're liking, that's your own business. Uh, and and you know what? Even CNET and, and The Verge uh, and other tech journals have rated ExpressVPN the number one VPN in the world. And remember, ExpressVPN is always blazing fast. We can stream videos in HD quality with without the buffering going on. Uh, that, that they're using a lightweight. It's a new VPN protocol that they engineered to make you know the using speeds faster than ever. Uh, it, it, this is so much uh, superior to the other VPNs of the past. So protect yourself with the VPN that we love here at Rick and Bubba University. ExpressVPN.com/RickBubba. slash Go today, get an extra three months for free on a one-year package. That's ExpressVPN.com/RickBubba. ExpressVPN.com/RickBubba slash to learn more. Damon Johnson is our guest on Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. Damon, this is the last thing I'm going to ask you about Rick and Bubba history. Then we're going to get into the new project that you've got going now. And I don't know if I'm allowed to say it because I don't know the state of the Brother Kane deal. But you do know that there's a little-known Rick and Bubba fact about the debut and one and only CD from the world's greatest garage band, Mr. Lucky, called Fat Chance. Nine or- That's right. Nine original songs. The people who have that CD may not know the Brother Kane connection, and at the time I could not say it because you guys were under contract and all this. But do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, he knows. Is, He's is, laughing. Yeah, is that? Can yeah. I say it? Can I talk about that or no? I think
2: you have full clearance, Rick Burgess, <laughs> to reveal these secrets. Like there's there's been a statute of limitations now. I right. think we're
0: well, at the, time, at, that, at the time, Brother Kane was still happening, so we couldn't talk about it. But, uh, you know, everybody every now and then, there's a little side gig that'll show up. And we were putting together a, a, a CD of original songs that really were original songs that came from bands that Ryan Greenwood and I played in. There, there, you know, later on, there were some songs that were actually written by the guys in Mr. Lucky. But we didn't have a band. It was just Ryan and me, and we were going to form a band and go back and get Greg and some of the guys that had played with us before. So we needed uh, a drummer and a bass player for the actual recording uh, and the keyboard player. So Mark Phillips played keyboards. He would go on to being Mr. Lucky. Ryan Greenwood (laughs) played guitar. And then we had the the two other guys. We had uh, your drummer and your bass player uh, playing drums and bass. So if you have the Fat Chance CD, that is the bass player and the drummer from uh, Brother Kane that are playing on the studio sessions.
2: The Brother Kane rhythm section, rocking those songs for Mr. Lucky. I remember it. I remember it well. And I'm not going to deny, guys, I had a little bit of jealousy. But y'all didn't ask me. You didn't ask me to participate. Didn't
1: you join us live Live, at one of the Fat Fest and play uh, one of the parts? Yeah,
0: Yeah, you came out and played Rebel with the Calls uh and, that's and right. yeah and we we rocked that and then we did that was
1: a good simple easy to follow song yeah
0: sorry i you, you you i don't know if you miss you called that and you're like can you send I've me heard? something a little less complicated <laughs> than, than this you could tell a guitar player had written that song i didn't write that one you know what i mean and uh and anyway but uh but then we did got no shame also we we yeah, did we did a mr funny. lucky song and then, then we did a brother Kane song
2: guys i'm so <laughs> indebted to you your your enthusiasm for that song specifically oh, man. It- has been unwavering from the first day you ever heard it. And
0: uh- let, let me tell you something <laughs> there. Look, I'm not, look, I, not just because you're here, Greg Burgess would say, it. you know, and Greg's critical of everything. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, let, yeah. Let, let me, let me just tell you this in the, in the genre of, which is my favorite type of music, Brother Kane, that style is probably my favorite style of music, whatever it's called. I just call it great music. But, "Got No Shame" is as good as any rock song there has ever been. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I hope you got it all. I hope you you realize that. I mean, you did some other stuff and they were good, but I mean, that's special. I'm,
2: I'm really proud of it. You know, that song in particular. uh, Like I said earlier, it's really opened a lot of these doors. Man, listen, Ricky Medlock was is a fan of Brother Kane. Ted Nugent was a fan of Brother Kane. Alice Cooper was familiar. He had heard the songs on the radio in Phoenix. He goes, Oh, I didn't know the name of the band, but I know, I know those songs for sure. Cause I heard them all the time. So, uh, you know, man, we really, we really kind of caught some lightning there for a minute, you know, credit to my co-writing partner, Marty Fredrickson. You know, I met Marty right at the beginning of brother Kane. He's a, you know, Los Angeles songwriter. He lives here in Nashville as well now, but you know, man, he talked about somebody that changed my life. You know, maybe those, Maybe those songs would have never existed if it weren't for Marvin. Well, the, so the whole grateful.
0: catalog's good, and but that's a special song. And I know we're we're. I don't want to. You know, I want to get to what you're doing now, but I will tell you, for guys on the show here, I know this is this is a little different, a little little different avenue you took music wise. But I'm telling you, "Whiskey Falls." Yeah, Rick, you you stole. I was "Whiskey Falls" was fantastic, mm-hmm.
1: Damon. If I if I had been a betting man, and we've heard a lot of music over the years, mm-hmm. and and Rick obviously is is much more into the musical part of it than I am. But I would have been all in that Whiskey Falls is going to be the biggest thing you ever did and it was going to catch lightning again.
2: Bubba, I was a betting man. I did <laughs> bet on like I left a cush gig with Alice. Oh, Cooper that's right. You did. To to get in a van with those guys, uh, because I knew the songs were there and I knew the sound was there. Um yeah, man whiskey falls was a great band and um, i mean the harmonies
0: you know, the, the the songs were all great songs the lyrics were great I, I never will forget though you may not remember this you and i had a phone call about it you're like i got a new thing i'm like okay and you were it's like you didn't want to tell me you know you were like you you were like <laughs> and i was like, okay and you know just just stay with me you know I me mean? and you were like we think we're gonna get played on country radio and i said country is this damon hello Damon, is this Damon? Country, country, yeah, right? I, I think
2: I think I'm losing the connection.
0: What? <laughs> right. Wait, does, 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 does Do your friends know about this? But no, it was it wasn't look, country music's great. It's phenomenal. This felt more like the Eagles to me, which would be called Country today if they if they put out their first couple albums now. We would call yeah. that we would call that country. Uh but the harmonies, the original songs, what what was what happened? Because it felt like it was taking off, and then it just kind of went away.
2: Yeah, man, it was starting to happen. That was 2007. If you guys remember, the housing market took a big oh, hit yeah. Yeah, oh, in yeah. the fall the bubble. of 07. So we were signed to a little independent label here in Nashville, Midas Records. The guys that owned the record label, all their investment capital was in real estate. Oh. So those guys get a phone call from their accountant, fellas, we're going to have to circle the wagons. And batting down the hatches first thing they did was clip that record company and you know at that moment all the labels in Nashville were really kind of tightening their purses like we got to ride out this recession and you know we don't know what's gonna happen the band just wasn't able to get another deal Mm -hmm. and uh I got a phone call from Alice Cooper again in early 2009 he said hey man I need a guitar player again can you recommend somebody I said Yes, I
0: can. <laughs> <laughs> I got you, so, man. Is my makeup kit still back there? I'm ready.
2: Hey, Rick, I, I want to tell you and Bubba this too, man. Uh, to your your uh, enthusiasm about "Got No Shame," this new record, Damon Johnson and the Get Ready, "Battle Lessons," in my humble opinion, easy is, is loaded. Not
1: easy now. Now we
2: you, listen. No, you, you better. You better make sure you're sitting down, Bubba. This record is loaded with that got no shame energy. That level of guitar riffs, that level of excitement and celebration. Um, I've, I said in a lot of interviews this year, guys, that, you know, Battle Lessons is the record that 19 year old Damon Johnson dreamed of making. You know, the, the same kid that was listening to Aerosmith and, you know, Bad Company and, you know, Van Halen, ACDC, just big rock, man, big rock. All right. I promise you, if you if you listen to that record, you'll go.
0: We've seen Damn. the video uh, this morning. Yeah, as a matter we, of fact, right. we've watched. Yeah.
2: We we've watched. We've listened to two and of
0: And That's songs what I tell
1: Rick when I heard it.
0: it. When we come back, we'll talk more about that uh, in our final segment here with Damon Johnson on Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. All right. So look, Damon Johnson has to go on the road a lot. Uh, we know what it's like to be out there, and and let's be honest, um, men at one time. When we were given our underwear, our first, you know, drawer full of adult underwear. Nice meaning, tie in. Meaning, meaning we're, we're grown up now. This is the underwear we take <laughs> with us. We all believed that that underwear was to last us the rest of our lives. Yeah, I thought it yeah, would. Yeah, we would. But, but see, at it, least 10 years. And we just thought to ourselves, I'll take a pack of the Tidy Whiteys yeah. and I'm good. Yeah. But let me tell you something Tommy John. Like 50 in the pack, Rick. That was it, yeah, that's. Yeah. but But that's over. Yeah. When, when you put on Tommy John, the, the Apollo men's underwear, it, it keeps you dry with this heat that we still have, uh, up to seven degrees cooler than any regular cotton underwear. Those Tidy whities these are even cooler. Yeah, and, and and I love when Tommy John says, we do not have customers, we have fanatics. And, and this Apollo underwear for men, it is soft, supportive, it stretches for the perfect fit every day. And here's – I know what a lot of the guys that listen to us right now are wanting to know, yes, it comes up to 4X, up to 4XL, okay? There's been over 15 million pairs of this sold to men across America, and 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 we are loving it. You will love it. Tommy John's new Apollo men's underwear uh, is, is kind of some high-end underwear for your rear end. <laughs> okay let's just let's just talk about it I you like can't, you can't get that. it anywhere else so <laughs> let, let's you're gonna love these guys immediately 20 percent off your first order tommyjohn.com slash rick bubba tommyjohn.com slash rick bubba for 20 percent off see the site for all the details damon johnson our guest uh he has played with with everyone in the latest project from damon johnson we talked about battle lessons is the album uh and you can get tour dates so you're going to do some stuff Uh, with uh, Damon Johnson and the Get Ready as well. You guys are doing dates along with the other stuff you're doing. But the album, uh, you can go to DamonJohnson.com, and you said this album, you've done so many different things. I'm hearing you say that this new project is almost like you going back to the roots of the kind of music that you grew up on and really probably the kind of music that you probably prefer. I mean, if you were going to have your own album, this, this is what it would be like.
2: Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a straight, that's a straight, accurate description, Rick. You know, um, my, the thing I do to try to stay healthy is I, I go for lots of walks. I run a little bit, but I try to take care of my knees. So I walk a ton, put on my headphones and I just listen to music that makes me happy. So over the previous couple of years, man, I was going back and revisiting all those albums from my youth, you know, Rush, the, the first Boston record, uh, you know, Humble Pie, Deep Purple, Led Zeppelin, lots of ACDC and Van Halen. And it started to kind of pepper my, you know, my creativity. And I would come in here to my office, this room I'm in right now, and I'd just pick up the guitar or whatever riff just fell out. I'd sit down and force myself to finish it. Like, let's write a song around this riff. And in a few, you know, a few weeks, man, I had eight or 10 songs. I was like, oh, this is going to be fantastic, you know, so... Um, the other thing that's important to know, fellas, is that my, one of my dearest friends here in Nashville is a Grammy winning world-class rock producer, Nick Rasculinics. Nick, Nick is, uh, we've done three records together. We did a couple of those Black Star Writers records together, but you know, I knew to get him involved, the songs were going to have to be there. So it was a really big day when I went to his office, I said, Hey man. Give me 15 minutes. Let me play you some stuff. He immediately got excited. You know, and he said, hey, brother, you have been very busy. Let's uh, let's figure out a way to, to pull this off. So he had to he had to work me in the schedule between literally producing Alice in Chains and uh, and the new Hailstorm record. So I'm, I'm honored, man. I'm, I'm just thrilled to have him in my orbit. And he did a great job. My band knocked it out of the park. It's a great record. I'm super proud of it.
0: Yeah, we, we love the two cuts we've heard. Now, this name that you mentioned, this songwriter and, and producer, a lot of people probably heard that name when he produced Bubba's funk album with his band, Chocolate Ripple. Uh, and uh, and, and you, you, In the <laughs> digital
1: basement.
0: <but> you know, <laughs> Damon, you all right? Be careful. Rick,
2: Rick, you can't do that when I'm taking a sip
0: of coffee. Dude. Come on. Come on he probably mentioned that during you all sessions. The, Damon, uh, you, ripple. You, you, <laughs> chocolate ripple
1: we don't we don't want to <laughs> we don't want to get anybody in trouble but with all these great musicians you've met legendary people yeah is there one you've already talked about how surreal all of it has been but was there one that sticks out in your mind when you first met them that you just you almost just couldn't talk to him? you just buckled under the excitement
2: Yes. Yes. It all happens uh, in one night in Las Vegas, fellas. Um, I don't think I've, I can't remember the last time I was on your show. I don't know if we ever even talked about this the night that I played in Las Vegas uh, in a band with Steven Tyler, Jeff Beck and Sting. What?
0: All together. That's the band?
2: (laughs) Yes sir. Listen if, Spe- if Speedy can hear me off air right now, tell him look it up on YouTube. There's video proof that what I'm telling you happens. Um yeah, Bubba. So Marty Fredrickson, my songwriting partner for Brother Kane, he wrote a bunch of songs with Steven and the Aerosmith guys. He calls, "Damon, will you come to Las Vegas and play guitar with me and Steven? He's going to do this iHeartRadio thing." I was like, "Oh my god, yes." <laughs> <laughs> I said, "Thank you, brother." Yeah, man. He says, "Well, are you okay playing rhythm guitar?" I said, "No problem. Whatever you guys need." I said, "Who's playing lead?" He goes, "Jeff Beck." <laughs> I fell out of my chair. And he goes, he goes, "Wait a minute, there's more." He goes, he goes, "We're going to have a special guest bass player on one song." I said, "Who? John Paul Jones?" He goes, "Better." I said, "Geddy Lee." He goes, better (laughs) he goes we're gonna have sting play bass on sweet emotion no way to your question bubba when i walked into that room carrying my les paul guitar case and there's steven tyler there's jeff beck and there's sting i had to take a minute I had to take a minute and settle down and pull it together.
0: I I, <laughs> and, would, I would have had to have said, now guys, I don't want let's get this out of the way right now. Don't let me intimidate y'all. Uh, <laughs> we're all just guys here, man. We're all just guys. Well,
2: hey man, you know me, fellas. I'm a I'm a boy from the South, just like the two of you. Uh, my folks brought me up to be social and mm. and be, you know, comfortable and you know, meeting new people. My favorite story from that day is I went over to Jeff, Jeff Beck. We were going to do sweet emotion and it has a talk box on it that Joe Perry played on the original record. So I go walking up to Jeff. I said, Hey Jeff, do you think, would you have any interest maybe in playing that talk box part? uh, You know, that starts the song. Cause I know you played a talk box, you know, back on those, those records of yours. And he just kind of goes, Uh, yeah, I've I've got no problem doing that. Great. I said, awesome. So I go back to my microphone (laughs) with my guitar and Jeff Beck's guitar tech comes walking up to me. He goes, Damon, did you just ask Jeff to play the the talk box? And I went, yes, I did. (laughs) He goes, he goes, did he say yes? I said, yes, he did. He goes, he goes, dude. He has not played a talk box on stage <laughs> since 1974. <laughs> he goes, I've always been too scared to ask him. He goes, he goes, good on you. So if you look, man, look on that video on YouTube of us playing Sweet Emotion, Jeff Beck on the talk box. Thanks to your boy. I'm proud of that. Geraldine, Alabama, made it happen.
0: Damon, thanks for being with us. Again, everything you want to find out, go to DamonJohnson.com. Uh, Damon Johnson's footprint in music is everywhere. Go enjoy it, especially the new project, Battle Lessons from Damon Johnson in the Get Ready.
1: Man, we love you. We're glad everything is still going good for you. Come see us if you're in the neighborhood.
2: Guys, I will. I love you too. My best to your families. I miss you. Thank you so much. Continued success. I can't believe this went by so fast. I think we just started. Well, we'll
0: do it again, and we'll have you back on the big show too. We'll get, we'll have a little jam session or something. I would love to, man. Thank love you. you, guys. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, Jay. You. Love you too, Damon Johnson, our guest this week on Ricka Bubba University, the podcast.